0: I'm Gab, he's Jules, the weather in London. Who cares, because we're in Doha. And guess what, Jules? We've had our first two, we have our first semi-final set. Yeah. We have Argentina, yeah. and we have Br- Croatia. Oh, I see what you Honestly, did. Honestly, incredible night, all the way to penalties. You want drama?
1: This is drama. Incredible. What a World Cup this is proving to be, because I don't think many expected the game against... I mean, you could have thought that Croatia would make it difficult for Brazil which they did but once Neymar scored that goal in added time in extra time sorry you thought okay this is it now they're going to go and win this and instead Croatia came back and then when it's penalties you can't Bet against the Croatians on penalty. <laughs> no,
0: yeah, the four for four.
1: Exactly. That's uh, what they do.
0: We're, we're going to get into that game in a more granular way. Of course, I was there. Uh, and then later on, we're going to be talking about, obviously, uh, Holland and Argentina. Also, that's a bit of a dramatic ending as well, you might say. Incredible. Uh, as well, looking ahead, England and France, Portugal and Morocco. So much to get into. But let's start with Brazil and Croatia. Because, you know, this is the game where I was struck by Zlatko Dalic ahead of time. The, the Croatian manager, coming out and saying very clearly, he's like, well, I'm not saying it's 50-50, but Brazil, we're not rank outsiders. Because you know what? Brazil has never played against a possession team like our team in this World Cup. They've never faced a midfield like ours. And he said, we have the best midfield in the tournament. You may agree or disagree that the the trio of uh, Luka Modric, Mateo Kovacic, and the Braz is the best. And he went out there with a game plan. The game plan was obvious. And you could see it in the first half, which I think ended up with Croatia with 52% possession. Their idea was, we control the ball. We slow the game down to have it at our pace. And you, Brazil, run around and get the ball off us.
1: And that's exactly what they did. And you're right. And that was the perfect game plan because the one thing that those Brazilians hate is running after the ball, having to chase the ball all the time. And you make an effort and you run on the right and then you run on the left because Brozovic, Modric and Kovacic move the ball so well. When you've got two good fullbacks as well in Sosa and... And you run over. they come, they, they play higher up, they help you in the build-up, so you, you go wide, and then the ball's still coming back. And, and two centre-backs who can pass as well. Yeah, true. And, and, of course, Brazil still had enough of the ball to impact the game. It's not, it was not all for Croatia. But this tires you as well. It, it did. I think
0: it very obviously tired them out. And what I found interesting is, now, look, let's be clear, right? Brazil, before Brazil fans jump on us and... They still had chances. Yeah, in the second half. They but mostly in before. the second half. In the first half, and, you know, we talk about managers reacting, and you know my supreme love for, for Chichi. I think he's, be- he's going to go down as one of the true Brazil greats. But this game, this game is on him. Good this player. game, on him and the players. But, you know, the players, sometimes they let you down. And we can talk about the mistakes he made later, and I think he made mistakes later. Yeah. But in that game, seeing poor Casemiro, on his own, running around like a maniac. Lucas Paqueta, him in the packet, up against those three guys, plus Mario Pasalic, who would drop off as another sort of midfielder impersonating a winger. You just didn't see enough of the ball. And if you don't see the ball, then Vinicius and Rafinha and Richarlison, those guys aren't going to score if they don't have the ball.
1: Yeah, and I, I can't believe he didn't change something early. I have to say I was very surprised by how passive he was on the touchline. I'm not even saying make a change after half an hour but maybe just tweak something in his own team to, to, have, a, to have a better impact. And, and I think because also of the... the Alexandro was not fair enough to start, so you had Danilo who's trying to come inside as a, as a left back, an inverted left back, which didn't work. You had the Demelitao. So they didn't even help you when you had the ball. Yeah. So overall, they, they was, it was just it just fell so perfectly into Croatia's hand. And yet, when Neymar scored, what well, is a wonderful goal, I think, because he's so sharp. The Go 2 pay. one
0: is great. Before we get to the goal, Before we get to the ball, can we – because you always – and I'm taking a page from your book. You always talk about the importance of substitutions to change games, right? So he did two things in his substitutions, which to me are just very weird. One is you only have three substitution slots in a game. He brought on three players. You know, he took off Richarlison uh, for for Pedro. And then at different times he took on Anthony – sorry, he he took off uh, Vinicius and Rafinha for uh, Anthony and Rodrigo. And we can debate those. Yeah. But he did them all at different times, like 10 minutes apart. And so as a result, he had no slots left. Going into extra time, he only had one slot yeah. left, which I and think is also, that's got to be a mistake. And who did he choose? In, well, for for, for, for those substitution? Well, this is the thing. He chose three guys who did the same thing as the people who were there before. It's like your plan B is stick to plan A, but just with different people. Yeah. And I'm sorry. And I was about to say something else here. Anthony and Rodrigo, in my mind, are not as good as Vinicius and Rafinha, Definitely. plain and simple. Pedro, you can argue, probably not as good as Richarlison, but he gives you something different. He's yeah. got the size or whatever. But you didn't change anything. No, no. I meant
1: more, the same I'm, problem. You're right. And I meant more about who he picked in, the, in, in extra time to come on for that extra set Because I think this is a game where Fabinho should have, once you open the scoring, Fabinho should have been there. And you close, the shop, and you close the game. But where I agree is like Vinicius is one of your X factors. Okay, maybe he was not having a good game. I give him that, no problem. But why are you taking him off so early? Why, when you know, when you know that he, oh, on five seconds he can do something crazy and then you score more so than Anthony most because than they're honestly, they're most like than other than, than like goal. getting the
0: ball and stopping and looking at the guy and then doing a little shimmy and then passing it back sideways. Exactly. Like, I this get... was not the game for him.
1: No, and that uh, Vinicius substitutions, uh, substitution. Sorry, I don't, I don't understand it. I don't get it.
0: I have to say Neymar. And we'll get to his goal because you love the Teckers. Yeah. That, so Neymar to that point, I thought had done very, very little. Yeah, I
1: thought Bozovic uh, kept him really quiet. Yeah. No man marking him, but always in his area. He had the mug.
0: Own. He had the nutmeg on yeah. m- on the bras. But let's not forget, the process to deal with Neymar, and he's the guy who's got to touch the ball more than anybody and keep that midfield ticking over, right? Yeah. Yeah. With, uh, together with Modric. So, but then that goal, the way he takes off vertically, the way they slice, the one, two, him, bam, him to Rodrigo. Rodrigo gives it back, and then all of a sudden, little Shimini gives it back to Lucas Paqueta, and then it comes back, and then he rounds Livakovic. I mean, that's the kind of goal you we're going to Brazil. talk about forever, yeah.
1: if, if Brazil win the game. Yeah, of course, and how sharp he how sharp looked, especially on the second one, too, to get into the box, to go around Livakovic and score. And I, and I thought, at, at times it felt too easy for Croatia to defend because everything was coming in front of Lovren and Gvarjol. It was always there. They were always in front of them. They a really good partnership. Their youth and experiences. Gvarjol is, a, is a, an incredible defender and he's going to be an incredible defender. Yeah. But it was too easy. However, if you had tested them a little bit more, instead of keeping going wide, which was clearly not working when you did it, maybe they should have tried a bit more of what Neymar was trying. And if, if you lose the ball there, it's not so hard. You can use your counter press. You can maybe get it, it back. But I think they should have tested them a little bit more by going straight at them. Literally straight, straight at, at them, them. And raise the tempo. Make it uncomfortable exactly. for them. You've got exactly. players who
0: can play. You've got, you've got a team of ballers. Yeah. And you know what? This would have been all the more important because if you think about it, Croatia played 120 minutes plus penalties. Brazil basically played 45 minutes Compl- against Korea yeah, yeah. and that was it. Exactly. Um, and then 3 minutes ago and this is the Italian in me I'm sorry. You cannot concede a goal impossible. on the counter tap in
1: extra time. It's impossible. It's this just not possible. Impossible. This is unacceptable.
0: You you can you can give up a penalty in extra time. You can you can you know, the other team can shoot from all the way out and your goalkeeper makes a mistake. All that can happen. Yeah. But 3 minutes to go. One nail up. You cannot concede a goal. And you know what? If you go back and you watch this again, it is three on three. How is it possible? It's three on three also because somebody stops running. How is that possible?
1: They commit so many players going forward. What, to score a
0: second goal? Exactly. What is it? The the away goals rule. What What is it?
1: Are you kidding me here? Why are you doing that? Are you all not experienced enough to say, like, let's see this game out? No problem. Let's hoof the ball into Saudi Arabia. I mean, whatever you want to do, but don't, don't commit so many players going forward and left your defense exposed like that. And you know what? You say this on Chi-Chi. This one for me, I would have... He should have been screaming at them before that even. I'm like, no risk. Don't take any risk. Don't even try to get into their box. Just keep the ball now for the next three minutes.
0: Earlier in the game, you can think about adding a second. But at this stage, I actually genuinely think at that stage... Out. So... Th- he brought on he started with Krammerich up front. Then he brought on Bruno Petkovic. and you know, Pekovic is the prototypical he's Mr. Bump. He's a yeah. big lump of a striker. Exactly. Apart from an insane Teckers moment, which I don't know where he borrowed it no, from. He's you know, channeling his inner buffal per yeah. fact. Other than that, most of the time the ball just came near him and just bounced off him. He's yeah. like one of those like reverse magnets, right? Yeah. So they see him breaking, they see Orsich breaking, they're probably thinking, Who is this who is this dude down the wing? And Nobody tracked back to help. And then the ball comes in the box, and he swings a big left foot. Might have taken a deflection as yeah, well. I and think, Allison is beat. Bit, yeah. You yeah. cannot concede like that. Impossible. This is so um, bad. This is so bad. And then it goes to penalty kicks. And, and I'm telling you, in that stadium, you felt the momentum. You had knew. Shifted. You, knew didn't you felt, you know, Croatia are like, oh, wow. Yeah, I relish these penalty kicks. You, you, you know, could tell. TV, you
1: could tell already. So I can just imagine for you in the stands what it must have been like.
0: Dominic Livakovic, the, the Iceman, right in in between the sticks, he looks like he's he's like he's like Mr. Cool, and and the sequence begins and and you can tell Croatia. There's a reason they're four for four. Um, the big talking point when Marquinhos goes up to take the penalty, which he missed, and you know I'm I'm a huge Marquinhos fan. Yeah. Again, I don't think he took the penalty badly. It just hit the post and yeah. didn't go in. Yeah, right, no, he had Livakovic going the wrong way. Yeah. But I'll never forget this scene, and and I wrote about it in my pieces. He goes up, and as he's walking up, he kisses the ball, and then the camera pans over to to Neymar. You know, everybody's got their arms around here. Neymar is on his knees, and it looks like he's convulsing. And I'm imagining— He's
1: praying, isn't he? Maybe he's praying
0: praying in his own way. I don't know. But in Neymar's mind, either Marquinhos misses, and we're out of the World Cup, or Marquinhos scores— And then I have to go up and take the fifth penalty. Yeah. With all the pressure of my history, all the pressure, you know, 200 million Brazilian hearts beating as one. That is a lot
1: to take on. That might not have been enough anyway, because Rodrigo had already missed. Yeah. And why is Rodrigo starting the penalty shootout for Brazil? Can you can you explain? Can someone here explain to me how a 21 or 21 years or 22 year old who is one of your subs, he's a sub for a reason because he's clearly not ready for that stage just yet. How you can put that pressure on him to go against a team and a goalkeeper who just won a penalty shootout, like literally four days before, who are very good at it and we all know the stats and everything. Why is Rodrigo? Why are you talking Neymar, about the order? No? Yeah, why you is not Neymar going first? Why I didn't know someone about more that. experienced going first. Like Messi went first for Argentina. Van Dijk went first for Holland. It doesn't mean you're gonna score. But at least it's those guys who he, go first.
0: So Chichi was asked about that after the game and he came out and he said, Well, You want your fifth penalty taker. The fifth penalty has the most pressure on it. So you want your fifth penalty taker to be your best penalty taker. It's like, yeah, but you got to get to it, right? Exactly. We we saw it a few years ago with Portugal. Was it at the Euros and 20-whatever when, you know, Cristiano was number five and he never got to it. it's happened
1: many, many times. Uh,
0: it, It is a weird one. And in that situation, again, yeah, you could have had Neymar go first or, you know, trying to think in terms of, who else was on the pitch? Maybe not the best penalty taker. No, Casemiro,
1: had, for example, took one.
0: You had Casemiro. You had well, you had Thiago Silva, who's not a great penalty taker, I think. No, that's, uh, that's for sure. Allison's probably pretty good, probably, but it probably. would have been a better option. Alexandro's not a bad penalty taker. No. Um,
1: I don't know. I thought he felt, and looking at him, again, he was only on television, and you can't always base everything on body language, but it looked like Rodrigo could feel that pressure of, as you said, the whole Brazilian people all around the world on his shoulders.
0: We got to give a lot of love to Croatia. We've given them a lot of love. We will give them love again uh, when we do our next show looking ahead of course to the semi-final. But nothing's going to take this away. Two consecutive semi-finals for a country this size of Croatia. Incredible. I mean that's next level stuff.
1: Yeah, and I was at the Belgium game in the group stage where they could have been knocked out if Romelu Lukaku scores one of his chances and this is what football this is what football is so magical in a way. Is that they came that close of being knocked out. And they still, they were still up somehow. No one really gave them a chance. Against Japan, it was a 50-50, but they could have lost that game too. They go into this game, no one gives them a chance at all. It's all about Brazil, it's all about Neymar, it's all about this, apart from Rosarco Dalic and that team and their staff and their own people. And yet, they produce something like this. To come back into the game with three minutes to go in, in extra time after having played 120 minutes four days before is incredible. And then the penalties is is their, is their game anyway.
0: It's special. and It's so fantastic to see Modric. I thought oh, the Braz nice. against Japan was probably their best player. Yeah. But here, uh, well, apart from Livakovic here, of course, it was all about Luka Modric.
2: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com gab. Just go to indeed.com gab right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com gab. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, enough Brazil and Croatia. Uh, How about some quick hits instead? Yeah, let's go,
0: Gab. You want epic? This was epic. The only reason we're not doing this first is, I'm sorry, Dutchies, but Brazil getting knocked out is a bigger deal than you guys getting knocked out. But, man, this was something. Argentina, 2-0 up. Holland, two incredible late, late goals to make it 2-2. Argentina with chances to win and put it away in extra time. And then it goes to penalty kicks.
1: Yeah, and then you feel the tension in that stadium, at the Lusai stadium, eighty-eight thousand fans. Of of those eighty-eight, you must have had easily fifty thousand, or maybe even fifty-five thousand of Argentines. But right? they were everywhere, and they were singing and they were chanting for the first seventy-five minutes, and it was 2 up, and Messi was being the goal. The assist on the first goal from Messi, this reverse no look pass is just, it's just, it's just, a, it's just pure art. And then suddenly it changes. One cross, one header by Verkhorst. And then suddenly you see they're shaking. But they're still chanting, but they're shaking. And then the second goal, right at the end. An amazing set-piece combination where you expect the ball... On, li- literally on the edge of the box to go over over the, the wall, and instead they, they place it under. And Vergholtz touches the ball, turns, scores, it's 2 2. And you're thinking, What is going on? This is football.
0: There might have been a deflection in there, yeah, too. Yeah,
1: as well. It was just crazy. I mean, and then the, the roller coaster of emotion from Argentina fans was incredible. Now they were not singing. It was the, like the little pocket of Dutch fans, like a thousand of them singing. And then you think, Okay, what's going to happen now? And you know the big mistake that Van Gaal and, and the Dutch made is that they stopped playing. They stopped playing He's in, just in extra played time. for penalties. Exactly. They retracted, they played the low block or kind of medium block, but to the halfway line, and that was it. And I think Argentina, on the other hand, got a bit of the ball, kinda of found some energy again, a bit of momentum. You're right, they had chances, they Without hit the post. Peter yeah. Fernandez hitting the post. Exactly. And then and then that was the shift that that really Argentina needed and that the Dutch gifted them. And after it's depends, and I was always going to bank on Emi Martinez, who remember in the Copa America how good he was on pens against Colombia, for example, against Nopper, who had never been in this situation, had never been right. a, in a penalty shootout. Can I give you an Andries Noppert stat? Go
0: on. Which I found on Wikipedia, so you know it's true. Andries Knoppert is 28 years old. He's been a professional goalkeeper for 10 years. Do you know how many league appearances he has? No. 45. Yeah. 45 appearances in 10 years, and he's starting. Incredible. For Hope World. I'm sorry. I, and, and he's been good. And he's actually he's been, been okay. Throughout the tournament, I think what's what's been problematic has been Holland. This whole, like, fun Hound, like, let's be defensive, blah, 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 let's stop yeah. playing, let's be smart. I'm sorry. I, I don't want to say it doesn't suit Holland, although there's a lot of Dutch purists back home who, who don't like it. But I don't think it suits these players.
1: He's got good players. I mean, this, this was so anti-football, Gary. It was, and they had, they had a lot of the ball. I think in the end, they have more passes. They completed more passes than Argentina. And I thought De Jong was outstanding both with the ball and without the ball because he kept an eye on Messi a lot of the time. And when he was not De Jong, Frankie, that is the good one. When he was not De Jong, when he was not Frankie, one of the center backs, especially Ake, was clearly coming out really high. And that was clearly the game plan. And to a certain extent, it worked at time. But my word, come on, Gabco, Frankie, Depay, Van Dijk, they deserve better than that. They really deserve better than that.
0: Uh, a word on the uh, referee, Matteo Lajos. A lot of people didn't like his officiating. 14 yellow cards, plus one for, for the legendary Walter Samuel. The wall. Yeah, the wall.
1: I mean, it's all about himself. And I, that's why it should not be like that for a referee. And, and I thought he lost control of that game Pretty quickly, I mean, it didn't help when Paredes comes on and, like, clearly all he wants is the fighting because right. I, th- I thought Paredes made that game explode in the way it did. The, I don't think Mateo Laos helped either.
0: When Paredes goes and rifles the ball for no reason... In the bench. ...against on the, bench. the Dutch bench and they all rise up. Somebody goes and I think body checks Paredes to the ground. Van
1: Dijk, yeah. Now,
0: I, I cannot think of any reason why you don't immediately give Paredes a red card. I, I cannot think of any... Of, of, the tackle of
1: any, on Aki was bad in the first place, and then he kicks the ball in, in, into, clearly into the bench.
0: A little bit about Argentina, though, because projecting forward a tiny bit. I mean, we, we've pointed out Holland's issues. Um, to me, they didn't look fluid, and they didn't look great against Australia. And I wondered if there was a rerun there. Because remember, Australia, they're 2-0 up. Ha, ha, ha. It's all fine. Man, these guys aren't that good. In fact, Holland weren't that good until that point. Mm. and then there's the fluky goal and then there's the run and it's nearly 2-2, right? Yeah, yeah. Was this a rerun of that? Are you going to blame Argentina for the fact that they let a two-goal lead?
1: Yeah, I think something went wrong clearly there. I mean, maybe simply the fact that once you have the bad, the young, and Veljkovic and Van Dijk was playing centre forward right. as you well. You know what's going to
2: happen. going to they're big, b- they big, big the boys,
1: which is not easy, which is not easy to defend against. And also, Croatia are not going to do that. And then, whoever you play in the final, if you qualify, are not going to do that either. So, maybe we can slightly give them a pass a little bit. However,
0: but you still, don't see a Petkovic Budimir partnership. Maybe. <laughs> and Mandzukic comes back as <laughs> yeah. well from his holidays.
1: Um, but but I think they get tired. I think Messi gets tired and kind of disappears, and when Messi disappears just 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 when you need him to hold the ball up and just 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 yeah. waste i't like, no, waste time but, but let let the time goes. I think if he gets tired it's, it's more difficult for them because they rely it, so much on him
0: it's a great point look i I'm assuming Messi won the match the man of the match awards because he yeah, usually again, does. Yeah, yeah. Um, and obviously you could say he was obviously deserved in this mm. game with the, uh, with, with, with the pass and then the, the penalty converted but I want to get to this issue of Messi dependency because I thought I agree with you in the extra time Messi did look tired to me yeah he looked tired A others stepped up Enzo Fernandez I thought stepped up again Lautaro who's been so criticized and rightly so because he hasn't been good he had those chances which yeah. you're telling he should have buried but he brought that energy yeah that Messi dependence thing, Maybe, but I think you, it kind of comes and goes.
1: And I like the back five, I have to say, and I wouldn't be surprised if he keeps the back five against Croatia, because I thought the team was, it was, it was they were nicely balanced against a team that didn't want to, to really play football, but still, they were nicely balanced. Molina scores a great goal, coming from that right wing back position that suits him right. well, and Acuna well on the other side, who got the penalty too, so I, I, I think the, the back five worked Better than what we've seen so far, and I wouldn't be surprised if he kept it. England take on France on Saturday, gab in a few hours' time, uh, and it seems like it's all about. Everybody is talking about the same thing: Kilian against Walker. Surely, there's more to that in that quarterfinal.
0: No, it's just that because That's we it. had we had, okay. we, had uh, we had what's his name, Calvin Phillips, come out and talk about how you know Kyle Walker is the quickest player he has ever seen. Now, Kyle wow. Walker is very quick. Yeah. I would imagine he's seen players who are quicker, if only because Kyle Walker, I presume at 30, is slower than younger Kyle Walker example, a couple of yeah. years ago, for yeah. example. Yeah. Kyle Walker coming off injury is probably slower than fully That's fit Kyle true. Walker.
1: That's very true.
0: What I'm interested in is, do we think Southgate might change his system and move to a back three just to deal with this?
1: Maybe, maybe.
0: You can stick I think a, a Trippier or an Alexander-Arnold yeah. was right, yeah. turn it into a back three. The right?
1: problem is who you take off then. That midfield three has worked really well. I've brought you balance. I've brought you a mix of everything. What?
0: Yourself, uh, Kate. You take yeah. off a striker.
1: Okay, so you only play with Kane and someone next to him who, there's, apart from Callum Wilson, and I guess maybe Marcus Rashford. And this Rattrick. is not. This is not. Sack, so you drop you Saka, bring Saka. You drop Saka Soda. as a game
0: changer off the Whoa. bench. Oh, ah, yeah. So you well, I mean, why not? Because you've got. No, I'm kidding. No, no, no. I, maybe I don't know. Him, if he's I think do he's that. thinking about it. But I do wonder. I mean, if you make it so much about Walker versus Mbappe. You know, Walker's still a full-back, and it it does leave the rest exposed. I, I personally would feel better about Walker in a back three, not because Walker's bad, but because I still want to have yeah, yeah, that full-back understand. getting forward, putting in crosses for for, for Harry Kane, uh, or for the runners from midfield. Yeah, that would yeah, be my yeah. thing. Yeah,
1: and the French, the French haven't mocked Walker, but they've been saying... Listening at what the English were saying, they're saying, like, well, is this a 100-meter race now? Are we doing athletics here, or are we actually doing football? Is this just about speed, or is this just about pace, or is there something else that Kylian can do? Okay, but you agree. If you're playing Kylian Mbappe, if you no, can keep I up know. with him, that, that, is, okay. that is significant. Let me just finish on this. Kylian Mbappe has scored five goals in this tournament so far. Yeah, None of them is through pace. Of the five goals that he scored, none of them had anything to do with his pace.
0: Okay, the one I would dispute... The one where he runs into the box and he just absolutely belts it into the corner. I think the defenders all freeze because okay, they're worried he's going to take it further. Yeah,
1: but he didn't. It, yeah, but he did so he didn't use his of pace. Uh, yeah, okay, but he didn't use his pace still. Right. So you can be as quick as you can against him. He can score without using his pace. So. Uh,
0: speaking of England, the Football Association will reportedly give Gareth Southgate a two-year extension, regardless of how England perform in this World Cup. Does okay. that make sense to you, Jules?
1: Um, I mean, if they want to keep him, yeah, of course. I I question more the fact that would he want to stay? I think he's been taking a a lot of stick before this tournament so far. Remember, they came here in the back of six games without a win, defeated four nil by Hungary. Uh, and those kind of games. So I, I, I did think that maybe after this World Cup, whether they, they go on and win it, whether he stops in the quarterfinal, whether he stops in the semifinal, I don't know, but maybe he felt like he would have had enough. So I don't know how he would react to a, a two-year extension proposal be there on the table. I don't know. I I felt that his cycle was coming he to an go, end. Though? I don't know. They would be, be clever in the Premier League. That no,
0: I, I'm sure he can get a job, but... The last time he was a club manager, he wasn't particularly good. I know, that was a long time ago. Well, that's fine. And then anyway, he was under 21 for a long time, wasn't particularly good. And yeah. then he kind of found his so feet you think he's just
1: made for this? He should stay? Uh, you know what?
0: He's such a nice guy, and he's got the nice nurturing environment. I think it's right for a national team. I don't yeah? know okay. that at club yeah, level. Yeah, no, 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 I, I hear is, you. And I don't know if he wants the aggregate of the week in, week out. You know, I think he's kind of settled in this, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that.
1: Yeah, um, yeah maybe, maybe. Portugal faced Morocco in the other quarterfinal, the last one, Gabi. What sort of game do you expect, and and more importantly, do you expect Cristiano Ronaldo to start? That's a great question. I genuinely don't know. I would they expect- can't drop Gonzalo Ramos after a hat-trick at the World Cup. Why not? Because you, you dropped Cristiano. Because he was not being good. Ramos had been great. Why would you drop someone who's been great? Okay, a couple of days
0: ago, I sat here next to somebody. Oh, it was you. It was me. Who I said that? Cristiano would have scored at least two of the three goals that Gonzalo Ramos scored. True, but he, he might have scored another one.
1: I know, but Gonzalo Ramos scored those goals.
0: Fernando but Santos can do whatever Fernando Santos <laughs> yeah, teams is best for Portugal. Of course. Of course. Uh, he said it was a matchup thing. Yeah, now, it might be a matchup thing against Morocco too. Personally, if Morocco are going to sit deeper, if I'm against, I mean, we saw both Roman Seitz and, um, and. And then yeah. uh, Aguard? Yeah, get yeah. Both those guys coming with knocks, right? Uh, get is out. Aguard yeah, definitely yeah, out. Yeah. So, so it's not that other dude, the, the penalty specialist, who looked like no, he, was he was be, terrified. No, uh, yeah,
1: from, he's uh, from Valladolid. Okay. I mean, not much better, to be fair, but yeah. Maybe
0: I like Cristiano in the box against those guys. Yeah, yeah no, no, maybe. maybe. I mean, I don't, maybe. I don't know that we necessarily have to be one-dimensional one way or the other uh, about this, right? There's a lot of talent. Um... To me, this game is going to be more decided by how Portugal defend against Morocco when yeah. they do come forward. Um, because I think that's a question mark. It's a question mark with the fullbacks, regardless of whether it's Guerrero, whether, 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 whether you have Cancelo or, or not. And it's got to be an, an issue in the middle of, well, Pepe, at his age.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah but you know, you know exactly what Morocco are going to do. And, and fit, fit, fitness-wise, physically, I don't know if they can. They would have to reproduce pretty much everything they did against Spain. And I just don't know if physically they have the, the capacity now to do that because of the injuries that pretty much every yeah. single player has, the tiredness, the heavy legs, and all of that. So, uh, you know, I think they, they need something special in that game if they want to qualify.
0: dear Luis Enrique, he is no longer, of course, the manager of Spain in his place. It's Luis de la Fuente, formerly the Spanish under-21 coach. More of the same, Jules? Well, and to start with... A little less wacky.
1: Yeah, and Luis Enrique was certainly... The big star, I think he wanted to be the leader and the big star. and he was he'd won everything at club level, obviously with Barcelona, and you go from from him and that kind of status and that kind of stardom, if you want to call it that way, to someone that nobody knows, even in Spain, I think there's a lot of people who would have never heard of Ruiz de la Fuente, and we know because we we deep into this in football, but there will be a lot of people watching our show or listening to the podcast who have no idea who he is, and yet he's had success in the youth, the youth Spanish teams, and the 17 and the 19, great, it was with the Olympic, the Olympic team at the, the last Olympics, but this is a different, this is a, this is a different world.
0: It, it is a different world, and I think what we're going to see, sometimes when we have those kind of, like, federation lifers, uh, there'll still be a strong identity, but we're not going to see a little bit of those kind of flights of fantasy, oh, look, no Tiago Alcantara, because he doesn't fit my scheme, or yeah. whatever. I think it's going to be, a little more traditional Spanish, still all about the ball and passing and movement, but a little more conventional, yeah, which I, I think I is, agree is a good thing.
1: You. Yeah, it's a good thing. Let, let's give him a chance anyway. You know, that's what all, all we can do. Gabby, remember the dispute of uh, the sale of beer at the World Cup here in, in Qatar Well, FIFA reportedly seeing some sort of legal, legal settlements uh, from the Supreme Committee? That makes sense, right? Well, one 100, of their sponsors.
0: 100%. Budweiser is one of their big sponsors, Budweiser We're told you'll be selling lots of beer here. FIFA guaranteed it to them. Budweiser gave FIFA a lot of money to be able to do it. And then all of a sudden, look. Two
1: days before the start yeah, of the kind Yeah, the government's
0: trying to change your mind. But once you've signed contracts, then you're going to have to compensate yeah. Budweiser or compensate FIFA, who then compensate Budweiser. I don't think there's, there's any two ways about that. No, I think definitely. even they accept it. Arsene Wenger has gone off the biennial World Cup idea, Jules. But he has other plans in Africa.
1: Yeah, that's right. So yeah, we can forget about the World Cup every two years. He said like, well, it was an idea, but now we're not going to go there anyway. Okay, Arsene, but we did tell you, we did tell you before, that's for sure. However, he's got, he likes this, this Winter World Cup. He likes it here. And he says that, well, if we really want to make this sport global, we need to go to Africa again. And there's a lot of countries in Africa where you can't play in the summer, of course. So why not having a Winter World Cup like the one we have in currently here, but in, in an African country?
0: Okay, yeah. So, what do you think, like 2034,
2: 2038 yeah,
0: be, at some point at in the future? At some point. Yeah. I, I don't, look, I mean, I don't think there's any question that, especially with an expanded World Cup, I think it opens the door if we're going to have more countries sharing a World Cup. Yeah. It, it does open the door. I mean, you know, I, I don't think there's one African country on its own. Definitely. Except yeah. maybe Nigeria that would want to do it, that has a size and whatever. But even then, if you have to build all those stadiums you might not use, we don't want to see that. So I would much rather, let's share it out, whether you know we're seeing joint bids from from Europe, from different parts of the world. Have it out. Three, four countries, two, three stadiums each. Do it that way. That's the way forward. I think you bring the World Cup to to, uh, certainly to more people if you go and do it that way. You have less waste.
1: Yeah. A, a worker died in an accident at the resort which Saudi Arabia used as training camp, Gabby. And FIFA said that they were deeply saddened. But Nasser el the CEO of the 2022 uh, World Cup Committee, was a bit more tone deaf.
0: Uh, yeah, I'm going to quote what he said. Right? I mean, t- tone deaf is
1: even kind for you to have put down. Yeah,
0: I, I, I don't know if he was just having a bad day. But this is, to me, it's unacceptable what he said. He said, we're in the middle of a World Cup and we have a successful World Cup. And this is something you want to talk about right now. Now, I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt that maybe you thought they were talking about the people who died before and you're tired of them bringing it up. Maybe that would still be inappropriate, but maybe. But this is no, this is a new guy who died. Right. The Qatari government has already said, your government has said they're going to go and do an inquiry to figure out what's happening. And you're going to say, oh, no, let's not talk about this, this guy who died on the job. Let's go and talk about what a great World Cup it is. There's enough people talking about what a great World Cup it is, right? You still have some sort of responsibility. You're still representing your country. Come on, man. Yeah. You you, you should know better. He said,
1: like, oh, death is part of, you know, the. well. Oh, yeah, okay, thank you.
0: Yeah, he said, he said, uh, what did he say? He said, dying is part of life. Yeah. No, actually, you but know what? Dying is kind of the antithesis. You're either dead or you're alive. It's, yeah, no, yeah. No, no, no. Choose your thank words you. differently. Nasser Khalifi gave an interview in which he offered up. Some Lionel Messi news. Yes.
1: What did he say? He was quite optimistic, I thought. He was quite quite bullish about the fact that Messi could stay. And we know that Messi is off contract, obviously, in the summer in Paris. There's a lot of rumors and allegations that he could go to MLS, that he could go back to Barcelona. There's a few options for him. But Nasser Khalaf, he clearly believing quite a lot that, he could, that he's happy in Paris, that he wants to stay even in Paris, he said. In his interview, he also said that he's going to go after Marcus Rashford he's a, if he's a free agent. In the summer, and he still has if he hasn't extended his contract at United. So,
0: oh, Marcus Rashford to replace Killian? Perfect. Well, to play with you, Killian. You said he wanted to leave. Yeah,
1: yeah. to play with Killian. By well, the way, I what think... happened
0: to the Inter Miami story? The no, the Messi to Inter. I, I
1: I thought I thought that was all done. Yeah. Well, maybe, maybe, but Sonny Nasr Khalifi didn't know about it.
0: Yeah, Another. and maybe at Inter Miami, I think there's a lot of tension right now between yeah. the different ownership groups.
1: That's very true. Juventus, the Juventus story rumbles on, Gabby. Uh, there's good news and bad news. Where do we go first, the good one or the bad one?
0: Uh, let's go with the bad news yeah, first, I think and then we fair. cheer ourselves up. So exactly. the bad news is, and I think this is really awful. As you know, I've gone through what they're being investigated for, but one of the big things was when Giorgio Chiellini, who was the club's de facto union rep, he sends a message around to the WhatsApp group and says, hey, guys, um, we're going to tell everybody that we're taking a uh, – we're, we're basically cutting – we're going to basically give up four months' wages each. In fact, those wages will really be deferred because as long as the league starts again and whatever, we'll get them back next year and blah, blah, blah. But nobody can talk about this. Yeah, nobody please, tell anybody about not Please, don't tell anyone. Now, obviously, the screenshots have been shared um, and by the way, it's been reported that somebody shared the screenshots and that's how the investigators know. I wouldn't be surprised if the investigators actually tapped the phone. It's not that difficult. Yeah, yeah, like, like that's they, true. They, they do it with Rubiales yeah. in Spain every week, seemingly. Yeah, exactly. Right? But what's really shameful is one of the Juventus players has been named. I'm not going to repeat what his name is, but he's been getting so much abuse. People have got it in his head that, oh, you're the one who ratted us out. I'm like, first of all, if you're doing something illegal – you should care about your club, that they're not doing something illegal gets them in trouble, yeah. first and foremost. Secondly, not that you're being ratted out by somebody. And you don't even know if it's him.
1: I know. So it's absolutely shameful, I thought. Really in fact.
0: Arteta says there is still no timeline for Gabriel Jesus' return. Jules, they have to get another striker in January, right?
1: I think so. I don't know what they're going to do right now. I think that... They, they're not far. They're down the road here in Dubai in the training camp, in the in the winter training camp. I think they are deciding what to do. It's a tricky one because they're hoping that it will go back. So three months is really, I think, the the longer it can be out. They're hoping that maybe it could come back a little bit before surgery was successful, and now starting is rehab. Do you go in the meantime with Enketia? Do you move Martinelli centrally? Do you bring back Balogun from his successful loan in Reims to be on the bench, for example? Has
0: Balogun been any, has he been any good? He's uh, been very right?
1: good at Reims. Very, very good. Yeah, he scored eight goals in Ligue 1 already or something like that in the first half of the season or seven goals. So there's, there's that. or oh, oh. Indeed, you go and buy someone I don't know, like an Ivan Tony, or I know he's got this this ga- gambling investigation against him. So <laughs> no, I mean, no, but you know what I mean. I mean by that, <laughs> yeah. I mean maybe you can pull a Kieran Trippier and something like that. No, no, but I mean like and, someone you know, who you know is going to hit the ground running because he yeah. knows the Premier League. There's no point going and get like. I don't know, Sesco, for example, at Salzburg, who is a great talent, but he might not be ready now. And what's the point if if the guy is not ready? If you go and buy someone, you need someone who's ready now to be in your team and to have an impact straight away.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. If this were Italy, we're... Top clubs have no issue like kind of loaning each other players when they need them. How cool would it be? Why not? Chelsea, you could give them Kai Havertz on loan. Oh my God, yeah. Oh, but i young. Nobody seems like,
2: oh <laughs> yeah, better, yeah. Yeah, I don't yeah, know about yeah. that. No <laughs> I, don't, sure. I don't know how I'm much people would be sure, appreciated.
1: The, the Glazers haven't taken a dividend at Manchester, from Manchester United for the first time in six years. Gabby, I think we should celebrate that. But why are you suddenly being so generous?
0: Because I think they realise that they want what's best for Manchester United and rather than taking profit out of the club, they're going to go and spend it Two, they're going to redo Old Trafford. They're okay, going to spend nice. more. No, they're not. No, um, I think probably because the financial results weren't so good. Yeah. And possibly because you want to make the books look a little bit better if you're trying to sell, sell the, the club. club. And I, they're going I, to I cash
1: would... in soon, right? They're going to make a huge profit. So We
0: think so. If they don't set the bar so high, then nobody buys it.
1: True. That's you know, true. W-
0: w- once you say my club is worth six billion, there's very few people who can buy it. I'm not sure it's very much a buyer's market. You know, even though people love talking up, oh, ten billion, eight billion. You know, fact of the matter is, the most expensive football club ever is still Chelsea, and yeah. they were sold for two and a half. Okay, yeah. so two and a half to six. I know United are a bigger club, but that is that's a, a really, jump. really big jump.
1: Yeah, it is a big jump.
0: The inquest into German football shortcomings at this World Cup continues, Jules. Some are blaming the training camp, oh. saying it was too much like a holiday resort with oh. wives and families.
1: So, you know, they picked they picked a camp, uh, like a training camp, really far away from where pretty much everybody else is. It was them and Belgium who were so far away, like literally in the desert. Another much.
0: club who did great at this World Cup. Another Yeah, team exactly.
1: Again. Another team, Belgium as well. And maybe there's something in it. Uh, it was very relaxed, that's for sure. Uh, as Didier Deschamps often says, you know, is you need the team spirit to be right because you can't win your games, but certainly you can lose you some yeah. at the World Cup. And maybe, maybe that was part of the problem. I don't know. We can always go back to the Japan game where they could have been easily 3-0 up, though, uh, you know, before, before Japan scored their first goal. So I think that might be part of the problem. Like France had at the last Euros, for example, the training camp was not good enough and, and the, the players struggled with it. So maybe it's, it's, maybe but, there's something in it.
0: It's funny with this wives and families thing. Like it's kind of like, oh, when you're bad, it's if you have, if you run a very tight ship of a yeah. of a training camp. You're like, oh, look, the players can't let their hair down. Blah blah blah. And otherwise, even wives and families. Oh no, they're too loose. I mean, Deschamps is right. You need the right.
1: You need the right. No, and with the
0: Moroccans, we all praise them. Oh, part of their secret. Look, they've oh, got the families, the families yeah, here, and grandpa
1: and grandma. Yeah, Come on now. That's true. According to reports in Japan. Kazumura is on his way back to club football, joining sorry, Oliver Lense in the Portuguese second division. Gab, he's only 55 years old.
0: 55 years old, but you know, age is just a number, wow. fit as a fiddle. Uh, maybe he can be an inspiration for Cristiano. Maybe Cristiano wants to play with oh Fit.
1: God, yeah. I, Cristiano is a look, baby. It could be his son, Cristiano.
0: I really like Kazumura as a player. Uh, I like the fact that there's somebody playing professional football who is substantially older than I am. Yeah, that's, that's true. However, this is becoming a little bit of a freak show. Yeah, like this on. idea that you keep going out and you go know, and you play, you play fifteen, twenty minutes, and yeah, you're fit. But you know that you're going to play ninety minutes, even pushing you you're just going to break. You're going to snap in two, right?
1: Oh, I so just let I, go, please, Kazu. Kazu, we yeah, remember the good on. times. Exactly. I, I don't just, need to see go. much more of this. No, definitely not.
0: Now, last time we brought you the story of Samuel Eto'o getting into it with a YouTuber and yep. going and, and kicking him and kneeing him. By the way, I don't know if there's been any charge or even yet, I think. much of an apology. Yep. But there's a twist here because the Cameroon FA say that Eto'o is being blackmailed.
1: Yeah, it's a statement that was published today by the uh, the Cameroon Federation, which I invite you to go and read this in French of course, but you could you can uh, find there's translation. Well, there's,
0: there's one in English. There's it's, one in English called, as well. Okay. I it's only called saw uh, the fake foot officier or something. Yeah, just, just, yeah. just
1: look it up. Just go go and, and see that because they indeed accuse a, a journalist that we know together. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if we can name if we name him or not, but you can find his name easily now. Uh, accusing him of trying to blackmail Samuel Eto'o, contacting him on WhatsApp and saying, listen, I've got Uh, A USB key with plenty of documents on it. I've got loads of things uh, against you and against the Federation. I'm happy not to use it against 25,000 euros, uh, which is the amount that is given in this this Cameroon FA statement. So this is not something that someone... This is the official Cameroon FA statement about this, this, this incident, this affair... That uh, this this French journalist were clearly asking for a lot of money from Samuel Eto to make those kind of stuff disappear.
0: Yeah, and and the allegation being, uh, among other things, that supposedly players were paying to be called up yeah. to the national team. That's right. Like I, I'll just say this. Um, I have a lot of faith in Roman Molina. Uh, his lawyers. I don't think you can. He's already instructed his lawyers to go and take action on this. Um. This is a very, very serious accusation to make. Yeah. Blackmail is a crime, and you know, Cameroon FA. I hope you know what you're I doing hope you because back this up. is going to be pretty embarrassing if you don't.
1: Yeah, yeah, and it's not the first time that Roma Molina is is involved in that kind of in that kind of stuff. So let's see, let's see where that goes.
0: All right, Jules, that brings us to an end, but we got to come back on Sunday oh, because we need to debrief that oh, huge. Yeah massive england france game can't huge portugal morocco game look forward to those massive semifinals on tuesday and wednesday so we're gonna be back it's gonna be 48 hours something like yeah, that. Less than right. that until then love the game love your neighbor love yourself
2: real quick what's the easiest choice you can make window seat over middle taco tuesday over salad what about selling with shopify